Welcome to Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, here with Chris Frank. Buzz, buzz. And that's it. That's it. Just yeah. uh, two of us this week. So, If you could think of four reasons, I'm going to give you four reasons on why you would cancel something. And I want you to think of which one would be the most asinine. First, I got explosive diarrhea. Which, really, if you ever want to get out of something, it's that's good, what you yeah. should use. Because no one will ever, ever question you when you say you have explosive diarrhea. Correct. Second is, kids sick. Valid. I know that. So. Third is, um, random family commitment. Mm. Fourth, we are being attacked by a swarm of bees. Which of those sounds the most fake? Family. <laughs> For me, yes. <laughs> but... For, for Justin, it would be attacked by swarm of bees. However, this apparently is what's happening right now to our friend Justin and why he is not premiering on, you know. The, so let's, let's recap. He premiered on an episode where he didn't have a microphone. Now he's a, he has his own microphone, but he couldn't get here because his house is under bee attack. Yep. So if you're at the 170-40 intersection. Keep your windows up. There are bees everywhere, apparently. Stay away from the bees. Look so. out, Manchester. Bees are coming your way. All good. But So, recap the Blues week. Uh, started off kind of good and kind of bottomed out. Not bottomed out, I'll say. But didn't finish on a high note yesterday. No, it didn't. I mean, it was, overall, it was a really good week. The Blues definitely found their offense. The yep. top line is Been. incredibly great right now. Even, even in the loss the other night, you know, the Blues still... That top line was both goals. So you look at what's happened the last three games, and that top line is just rolling. Yep. So uh, thank you, David Backus, for helping my fantasy team this week. So that helps. Word. So, Dude, been, fantasy hockey is uh, shaping up next week for the uh, finals be uh, you versus me. Correct. The four seed be me against the two seed. Me too, right? You're yeah, two. I was two. two. Yeah, you are, you're just destroying the top seed in our yeah. league right now. Yeah, thanks to uh, a good week from a couple I couple guys actually start scoring goals for once. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my league is very heavy on Boston Bruins and Blues. So, so you've had, this week helped good. me a lot, too. Yeah, it's very good. So we'll recap the th- only three games this week to go over. Uh, we'll start on well Sunday. We already went over, obviously, the, the Pittsburgh game because we yep. watched that first. So one nothing win there. Very good game. So the Blues wrapping up their four-game road trip, basically the last long road trip of the season, Yep. to uh, Toronto where Toronto – the quote unquote hockey mecca, hockey media. I mean, it's capital the of capital the, of the hockey universe yeah, for sure. That's what I was going for, but so uh, they're coming in struggling, lost five in a row. Get their starting goalie back in Bernier. So hopefully everything is right. It is not. It started off good for them though at the eleven thirty mark. Uh, power play goal from uh, Joffrey Lupel. Yeah, from um, uh, Kadri and a Gardner. You know, it's it's funny when you watch Toronto. I've not that I watch them a ton. I've seen them, you know, a handful of games and highlights, and, and obviously the Winter Classic. But that team, it seems like offensively they have more than enough firepower. Yeah, to get the job done. They just they have extended periods of laps where they just look 
god awful. The defense is very lacking. There's Which couple... is incredible because you look at the names on that defensive core. Like Solid. Dion you know, I mean, Phaneuf is not a slouch. Sloppy seconds. I mean, he's sloppy seconds, but he's not a sloppy player. Yeah. But, I mean, the Blues made him look foolish, and a lot of people have this year. So I don't know if it's just him. Maybe he's got a big contract. Not ha- yeah, high. I mean, maybe he's just, you know, fat off the money. But that team, you know, should be better than what they were. And remember, last year they took Boston to seven games. Seven games, seven and a half, well, six and a half games. Yeah, well, sorry. six and three quarters. I mean, they pretty much... Was I think it was ten minutes left, and they blew. What was a three goal? Yep, three goal. That was maybe the saddest thing I've ever seen. Was all the people out at home? The, yeah, at home too. In they're, City Square, watching the game on the jumbotron. You could just they like, at home or in Boston. I thought they were at home. I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember them showing the scenes out in you know the city streets in Toronto, where there were all the screens, and people were going nuts, and they kept going back after each Boston goal, and you could just see the despair kick in. Yeah, yeah. but that you know that team. Is is very much like a handful of teams around this league that really should be better than they are, and just Not working out right now. Yeah, man, can't can't seem to put it together. Yeah, well, the Blues get on board. Uh, T.G. Oshie gets a uh, backhand shot past uh, Bernier with the assist from Roman Polak and Barrett Jackman at the fifteen fifty five mark of the first. So uh, Oshie had a him. phenomenal week. Yep. And then uh, David Backus gets a nice uh, five-hole goal on the power play. Nice pass from uh, Oshi, cross ice to him, and he yep. kind of was on a sort of in by himself, pretty much. It reminded me of the goal that uh, they had, and now it's escaping me who they were playing, where Oshi put the move going into the zone and just floated it right across uh, the ice. Tampa or Nashville? One of the two. One of the two. And uh, I know you're talking about the Tampa one. No, the Tampa one's where he deked around a bunch of people and got the And he out. scored it himself. Yeah, this is so. like the game after that. Yeah. And it may have been, I think it was Nashville. Yeah. And he just put it right on Bacchus's tape, and all he really had to do was just tuck it in. Yep. So, uh, and I'm going to the second period, and Bacchus again at the 732 mark uh, from Petrangelo and Steen makes it 3-1. to one. The Blues are uh, pretty much like at this point where – after they kind of like the first half of the first period, kind of like wishy-washy, right. they pretty much dominated the rest of this game. Um, let's go through the goals real quick just to go through. Let's see. the And Steen adds a, a nice backhanded goal yeah. from the slot at 17.35. And that's the one that we were just talking about that made FNAF look just stupid. Yeah. And then that's some Shattenkirk and Berglund. So Blues looking control, 4-1, to one, looking good, like pretty much dominating at that point. The Blues had this had a season record uh, for 23 shots in the first period. Yeah, you no, know what? And that. that was the one thing that stuck out this period, and you and I have talked about this, is this team is at its best when it just funnels pucks. Yep. Just put pucks on net. Get rebounds. You know, fight for the dirty ones that are in the middle. They don't all have to be sports center caliber plays. And that's what they were doing against Toronto, and it worked. Yeah, so and unfortunately they kind of went back to it later this week, which we'll discuss. Yep. Uh, so third period, looking okay, but then Carl Gunnarsson gets on the board with a uh, slap shot. Blues scrambled on their own end, and then uh, yeah. just kind of on a tee for Gunnarsson. At the, that was at the 439 mark. Uh, James Van, Van Riemsdyk makes it a little interesting at the 1554 mark. It's another goal from uh, Kessel and Gardner. Uh, pretty much kind of a scramble, and Miller – Moved off his post, yeah, like maybe a half second too early. Yeah, that was one of those where you could tell that he thought the puck was going to go across the crease and left the post. And as soon as he did, 
Ben Reemsdyke was there and just put it in right between his toe and the and the post. Yep. So, but luckily the Blues finished it off at eighteen fifty three. David Backus gets these his uh, first career. I think it was his first, the second career hat trick. Yep. Excuse me, uh, from Oshie and Steen. So the first line just tearing up this game. Backus with the uh, hat trick, and then Oshie and Steen with a goal and two assists. So, yeah, I mean that it was an overall phenomenal phenomenal game. You know, you could pick apart pieces here and there and things that you'd like to see done better but overall it's the type of game that you want to see the the team played with purpose and aside from that small letdown in the first part of the third period um they played a complete 60 uh, that that letdown scares me just because you you know as we're getting now 15 days from the playoffs you can't do that against anyone in the playoffs um but, you know, look, you, you can nitpick and find things wrong in any game, and, and this was really a, a pretty good performance by the Blues. Yep, Blues are good. So the only other note I made was the only one person on the Blues got a penalty the whole game, and that was uh, Brendan Morrow had That's right. 13 penalty minutes. Yeah. Four four uh, regular minors and then yeah. a major for fighting. Yeah, that's Larson. right. I, I, I remember noticing that myself. It seemed like every time you turned around, they were blowing the whistle on Morrow. Like I, th- I, I look for all of his total ice time while we're uh, discussing things after this. But uh, he uh, yeah, was kind of – it seemed like he was on the ice and then in the penalty box. Like so. But that's all right. Blues get the win, 5-3. to three. Move back home for an extended uh, – Five in a row, right? Five in a row. So Blues is going to be at home for a little over a week. Uh, hopefully rally off some wins, clinch up the central, clinch up the west, maybe the president's trophy with all this. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I I think that we can definitely clinch. Well, I think we can clinch the division. I don't know if we will clinch the west while we're on this homestand. Yeah. Um, I think the the key to clinching the division is this is this coming weekend, which we'll obviously talk about yep. when we get to next week's games. Yep. So let's uh, go into another one of the top forwards on the Blues having another big game. T.G. Oshie starts off at the 443 mark. Uh, excuse me. Let's rewind before I jump into everything. Right. Blues are playing Minnesota. Minnesota desperately trying to stay in the wild card hunt. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing that we haven't really talked about is that um, it's really a three-team race right now for the wild card spots in the West. between, And it's a very tight race between the Wild, the Coyotes, and the Stars. Um I believe as of the time that we are recording this, there's a three-point difference between all three of those teams. Three Total, or four. yeah, because I think it looked like uh, I think, I think Minnesota's, Minnesota's up by two on Phoenix, who's up by one on Dallas, I believe. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, you know, so this was really, you could look at this as a possible tune-up for a playoff matchup in this game. And the Blues came out. And just kicked their butts. Yeah, the Blues seem to have the Wilds number. Uh, blue at uh, the Scott trade the last uh, nine games. The Wild are 0-6 and three, so they've struggled. And then overall in games, which I had the stat in front of me, I missed it. But they literally only have like two wins in their past like sixteen games against us. Well, like you two know, regu- like two regulation wins. I think one of the first podcasts we did, we talked about the Minnesota Wild uh, a little bit at length. And I made the comment that I have friends who are from Minnesota who despise the St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. because the Blues are, are just one of those teams that find ways to beat Minnesota. It doesn't matter how good Minnesota is or how bad the Blues have been. They just find ways to beat them. Mm-hmm. And now with the Blues really, really rolling on all cylinders, 
and you saw it in this game, um, the Wild do not match up well against this team. Yep. So now I'll go back to where I was going. So Itijoshi starts it off with a uh, nice goal yep. in the slot at 443 from Bacchus and Polak. And then he finishes up the period at the 1934 mark at stealing the puck from another, the two nights in a row, uh, last the night before Jared Spurgeon turned the puck over on a power play. Yep. And let in a shorthanded goal. And he does pretty much almost, pretty much a duplicate, like exact same spot. Yeah, I saw the highlight from the night before, and you're right. It was like a carbon copy of the play. And yeah, he let, and then OG breaks in, goes five hole on Darcy Kemper, who hasn't looked, who was doing okay until the last couple, last handful of games for a while. And if you watch that goal, I have no idea how that goal gets through Kemper. Yeah, because I think he doesn't either. Because Kemper, I mean, he obviously, like most goalies, like flashes the five hole to try to get you to shoot it there, but he shut it down quick. Yeah, and that puck still got through. And I mean. Great on Oshi, but I mean that was that's a better goal that I think people really want to give credit for mm-hmm. because I mean he put that thing through a needle eye. Yep, and then with that goal, Oshi uh, makes it five uh, Blues with uh, twenty goals. Yeah, to tie it, tie a league that's a league leading, which is what I really something I wanted to talk about, and we we touched on this a few weeks ago when we talked about the Tarasenko injury. Is the one nice thing about this team is we really are. Uh, offense by committee. You know, we are not a Tampa or a Washington or a team like that where you take one player out of the mix and, you know, 80% of your offense is gone. Um, You know, case in point, we've lost Tarasenko. And, you know, it took a couple of games to get used to it. um, But you now see this team rolling again, really not missing a beat offensively. And that's something that I think truly... You know, some some hockey analysts and some of the talking heads will look at that as maybe a um, a, a, a detraction from the Blues, but I really look at it as more of a, a positive thing mm-hmm. because when you're when you're plotting against the Blues and you're coming up with a defensive strategy, you can't key on one person. Like the beginning of the year, everyone keyed on Alex Steen because he was so on fire. Yeah, but you look at how this team is balanced out now, and you can't weight your defense against one player because if you're going to put everybody's attention on Steen now Oshi or Bacchus or Sabotka or someone else is going to come and get you mm. and I think that's something come playoff time that could really be uh, a great thing for the Blues yep so Blues uh, looking good through the first period and in the second the only goal scorer power play goal by Jaden Schwartz at the 13-10 mark uh, from Koyakovo and Bo Meester. There was a there was a great write up in ESPN this week when they did their power rankings, and obviously St. Louis slid to two just because of how on fire Boston is. Um, but their notation for the Blues was um, the quietest twenty goal scorer in the NHL is Jaden Schwartz, and just really talked about how great of a season he has had yep. and how important he's been to this team. And really, aside from local media. No one really talks about him. Yeah, because that's pretty much what the Perron trade was meant to do. As much as people say, like, well, he has almost 30 goals this year. That was a bad trade. Pierre only has, like, five. But the point of it was is to let Tarasenko and Schwartz blossom. If they didn't, then you can look back and be like, well, maybe. Yep. You know, but I don't both think those guys anybody, worked out just fine. I don't think anybody can look back on that trade with the season that we've had and the season that that – Edmonton has and think that that Perron trade was a bad deal. Yep. So I think it's fine. So 
Let's roll into the third period and a first for Tijioshi at the 718 mark. He gets a goal from Bomis Dernbacus, deflection in front. Initially thought it would end up in Steen's goal. It, it looked was- like it was a double deflection at first. Like it really looked like it went off Bomeister's shot. And then it looked like when I first saw it, it looked like it went off of Steen's blade and then Oshi's blade. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was another shot where it looked like it just kind of skimmed over yeah. um, Steen's blade and then hit Oshi's blade. But hey, man, the kid gets his first hat trick, and that's yep. awesome. And he didn't like, he didn't even celebrate really because he you know deferred credit to Steen's. He thought Steen got it, and he's like, yeah. okay. So which I thought was cool. So uh, let's add at the ten forty five mark, Brendan Morrow gets on the. Board uh, for a power play goal. Yeah, a dirty goal, but yeah. awesome. Like, and that's like, look, man, we all want to, we all want to see the Blues, you know, on the commercials for Fox Sports and NHL tonight and all that. But you know, goals count all the same. Just getting them in the net, and that was one of those goals where you could just see in Morrow's eyes he was not going to be denied. That puck was going in the net. Yep. So it looks good. Uh, that was from Steen and Saboka. Fortunately, the Ryan Miller shot oh, was in effect. This was maybe the most classic representation of a Ryan Miller shutout ever. Yep, at the literally as they're announcing the goal at the eleven eleven mark, Prize got the uh, good pass by Coyle. Basically, got it through like somehow through three blues. Yeah, to uh, Coyle. Excuse me, to Prize on the left hand side and just put a shot over Miller's blocker. Yep, that's his twenty fifth from Coyle and uh, Koivu. So uh, the cheap little end goal to make it five five nothing. There's seven minutes left in the game, yep. and he gives one up. And look, dude, like we can laugh about it, and it's fine because at the end of the day, shutouts are great. I would love Ryan Miller to do what Halak and Elliot have done in their three years here and rack up 20-plus shutouts. But at the end of the day, man, if you keep winning games, that's all I care about. I don't care if you're giving up zero goals or one goal or three goals. I prefer it to be one or zero. Um, but as long as it's a W at the end of the night, it's all that matters to me. Yep. So, Blues move on, get the 5-1 to one win in dominating fashion against the Minnesota Wild. So, Wild on a little bit of a downfall in Phoenix, even though they lost uh, Mike Smith earlier in the week to a uh, leg injury. Yeah, Grant Fuhrer-esque to me. I saw that. I'm like, very much so. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So I was like, uh, I don't know how that goes. But uh, their backups were doing well. So they've uh, they had Tom- Thomas Grice come in, and they've won like two or three on the road in Pittsburgh and a couple other places. So it's gonna be a dogfight. It looks like to the end. Yeah, I mean, like we were saying a few minutes ago, there's a three team race now. Really, um, you've got Minnesota and Phoenix that are, are trying to. Um, jockey for position, but you know one point out right now with I believe a couple of games in hand is the Dallas Stars. Yeah, and they got one in hand right now. One okay after this game. So uh, let's go into the Saturday game. Blues flying high. Uh, hopefully, Gundry gets some revenge on the game we went to and lost in overtime. So let's see how the Blues do. Unfortunately, we were out with uh, friends and right. we had the usual. Hanging out, and then we had the game on yet with the place we were at, and yep. then we had the the Blues hockey sponsored by Bud, Bud Light, Light and, and the Star Score. It's uh, you know, there's a running joke between our circle of friends, um, going back two years ago, a year ago, year ago, um, 
there was a game against Chicago where but this time of year, close to this time, yeah, of year. where like no, I think the the Hawks scored like eleven seconds into the game, and the joke is always that Kerber didn't even get done with his, you know. St. Louis Blues Hockey is brought to you by Bud Light for blah, 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 blah. It's Bud Light and the Hawks score. That's the way how it went because I was on my way home from uh, work getting ready to hang out with you guys. <laughs> I told you that's how I explained it. And it's kind of stuck since then. So. Yeah. So anytime that there's been a quick goal against, we always call it the Bud Light goal. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many things that as I was watching this game last night, I was making mental notes on to talk about today. Um a couple of really bad blues habits snuck back in. Um, the early goal being one of them. Uh, as we start going through the goals, I'm sure we will talk about the fact that, yet again, one of the things that seems to have been a problem for this team for years uh, is giving up a goal, the shift following scoring a goal. Yeah. Um, Huge problem. And it just wasn't a good game. And the stars, the stars have no fear playing the Blues, yeah. and you can see that when you watch them. Like there's some teams that you can tell know the Blues are good and know that the Blues will beat them, but the stars do not have that fear. And the stars, for for whatever reason, have figured out the Blues' style of hockey. And I noticed it again last night. They anticipate what we're going to do and we don't change how we attack. Yeah. And it just shuts everything down. Yeah, it seems like more of a, more of a stubbornness. It seems sometimes we keep just same play, same yeah. play, same play. And, and I, I, I really notice it when we dump the puck in. Because mm-hmm. I started to see, especially in that third period, where, you know, and some of it is just hockey 101, that, you know, if the puck's dumped in on the right side, you're going to go to the left because that's where the puck's going to go. But you would you would start to see not just the Stars players going to where the puck should go, but if you've watched the Blues enough, you kind of figure out and you know the Blues plays. Yeah. And it was very obvious that the Stars knew the Blues plays as well uh, because they were jumping in front of the passing lanes where – Historically, the Blues are, are going to pass pucks and things like that. And really, for for all practical purposes, shut the Blues offense down. Yeah, it just seems like no matter how good of a team you are throughout a year, there's always one team yep. that always kind of like has your number. Or at least like it's always like a dogfight, even sure. if the team is. And that's the Stars this year. Yeah, it seems like, you know, the Blues after this are 2-1-1 one, one against them. Yeah. I think they played it very early in the year. Yep. Uh, they routed them one game and then they had it over. Shut uh, sh- uh, no, uh, shoot out. No, shoot out. Shoot out. Overtime. Uh, Shattenkirk. That's right. I looked, I looked it up before we started. So uh, so they've had some dogfights after the first game. Now, that, and that much. shootout was the night after Chicago, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. That's yeah. what it was. The It was the Chicago game that I went to. Correct. And then that was the next night. So yeah. that was a good weekend. Anyway, let's get back into this game at 353, like we alluded to. Colton Skeever. Skeever. So two out of his six goals this year have been scored against the Blues, the rookie from Horkoff at the three fifty three mark, like I said, in the first. So um this guy seems to have it's one of those guys too, it's always another guy too. There's yeah, a guy who just it's, like it's never like score. Yeah, it's never the guys that you expect. Like and Ben got on the board tonight or that night, but it wasn't Jamie Ben that beat the Blues. It was actually Jordy Ben who did it. I just I thought it was Jamie Ben too, but they looked alike and I really didn't until I looked at it in the score, it was actually Jordy Ben. Well, brother. screw that, Ben, because he's not on my team. Yeah. 
So you didn't get the points after all. So. Damn it. Damn it. So uh, anyway, back in the second period, the Blues are uh, looking to find some offense and still not finding it yet. So at 721, Colton Skeever gets his second of the game, seventh of the year. Uh, deflected a shot in from, I uh, believe, the point. Yeah. Yeah, point shot. And then uh, from Horkoff and Vernon Fiddler. Uh, Blues finally get on the board at the 14-16 mark. Uh, Steen with the power play goal, a tipping goal from uh, Petrangelo and Shattenkirk. Which is a great, uh, that was a great power play. And it was very reminiscent of the Blues power plays earlier in the year where you would win a face-off, cycle it around, take a shot from the point. And, you know, you have someone in front to deflect the goal, but it was also one of those power plays where they weren't overpassing. It was getting the pucks towards the front like yeah. it should. So, unfortunately, at the 14-41 mark, Cody Eakin uh, takes a slap shot and beats uh, Ryan Miller from uh, excuse me his 16th of the year from Jordy Ben and Anton Roussel. So we'll, we'll get into it in maybe the next after the next uh, period. But I didn't think this was Miller's sharpest game for the Blues. No, it wasn't. You know, the couple of those goals were were you know deflected and. You know he was screened and all that, but there were definitely some that he should have. And this was not, this was not his best game. It wasn't as bad as Chicago, but it was definitely not his best performance. Yeah, I think the second goal, the second uh, Colton Skeever goal, where he made the original save on the replay, we didn't see it, but he basically the guy threw the puck towards the net. He leg save, but it kicked right into uh, Colton Skeever, who hit it off, basically hit off him and went in the net. I mean, yep. So uh, goes to the third period. Looks like the Blues maybe get back on the board with 49 seconds into the game period. Uh, Steen with his second of the game from Backus and Shattenkirk. A nice uh, slap shot goal just inside the post. Yeah, and just before that, like maybe 10 seconds before that. Uh, Kari Littenman, an amazing save. Steen shoots one that he shoots that 10 times, and it's nine times it's a goal. But Lettinen, going the opposite way, just basically throws his arms up and gets it with the blocker and, and saves the shot. And you and I both kind of looked at each other right then, like we're yeah. not going to win this game. Yeah. Like that, it's just not meant to be. And then you know they cycle the puck around one more time, and Steam just smokes one uh, near side, and uh, it pulls the Blues within one. So, like that, that wound up being the hope goal. Unfortunately, we thought the hope goal would come later, but no. So, Antron Roussel uh, basically beats uh, off off an offensive zone faceoff Shattenkirk. Instead of uh, he moves up, instead of maybe laying back, yep. and Roussel just smokes him, gets a breakaway, and similar to the goal that he gave the Roussel scored against uh, Miller the first time when we went to the game, yep. to put them up, kind of breakaway, kind of like, kind of just puts it on his uh, blocker side just as he's going across the crease. Yep. So he thought, uh, but unfortunately Miller doesn't get it. That's from Ben and Eakin. Uh, and unfortunately, the Blues dropped this one four to two, uh, out shooting uh, Dallas thirty five to uh, twenty seven, but dropping the game. Like I said, I think uh, Miller. This wasn't his best game. I already I went out and kind of did some reading today just to prepare and just kind of see what people are thinking. And of course, uh, people are freaking out that Miller is like you know we, we gave too much. Ott's no. terrible too. What? We're not going anywhere. We're oh out in the first God. round. There, look. It's calm down, calm down, people. Yes, in so many words, calm down. You know, I get that this fan base is so starved for a Stanley Cup, and you know, this is also the same fan base that made the playoffs for twenty four consecutive years mm-hmm. and never made it out of the conference. 
you know, would always be a team with all this potential and all this talent and then just fall flat in the playoffs. And, you know, you and I also touched on this to that degree is there's a new commercial right now that the Blues are running. And it's voiced by David Backus. And it it basically just shows all of the preseason predictions of the Blues winning the Cup. I hate, I, like, uh, I hate that. All of, all of the accolades that they've racked up so far. It obviously touches on the Miller trade. And basically just says we're having one of the best seasons in history. Come be part of this as we continue the quest. And I get it, but... You know, and that's what everyone has been leading towards. And obviously, this the Ryan Miller trade pushed. That was Blues ownership pushing all the chips into the table and going, "This is the year." Yep, Stanley Cup or bust. Um, I understand the fan base being pessimistic. You know, we we always, or at least some of my friends and I, always kind of joke that. We as Blues fans are kind of like the Chicago Cubs of hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a big free agent signing or, or, or a trade that's supposed to put them over the top. And we're finally going to cr- get to the top of that mountain, and then you fall short. Yep. Um, now, you know, we've obviously had better success than the Cubs as far as getting to the playoffs and winning divisions and things like that. Um, but I think both fan bases are are, are very you. Pessimistic in regards to you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. You no matter how good things get, you're always like something's going to go wrong. Yep. Something's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's all going to feel a feeling of dread. Just yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, with the Miller trades, guys, I don't care who the guy is. If you thought he was going to come in at the deadline and go twenty six and zero, then you're foolish. Yeah. Steve Ott. While he may not have a goal yet, has done some really good things on the ice. Uh, faceoff percentages uh, in the sixty uh, percentile. Yeah, right now. So, like I mean, he's you doing know, real well. I mean, you need role players at the end. Yeah, of the he's he, he's done a lot of things for this team that just don't show up on stat sheets at the end of the night, and the team is gelling very well. And the thing that I think is most important about Miller is you see the way this team is playing in front of him now. So. All the naysayers, all the people who want to scream that the sky is falling, just breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. <sighs> Soothing, calming words. Put on the ocean, ocean yep. waves in the background. Everything is going to be fine. Burn some incense. Yeah, you're not going to go 26-0 and 0 down the stretch. When we get to the playoffs, we are not going to win the playoffs 16 games and zero losses. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. There's going to be bumps in the road. You're going to drop a game you probably shouldn't have. You're got, honestly probably going to win a game you shouldn't have. Yep. It's all about the marathon, not the sprint. Exactly. So, everybody, remember that? It'll be okay. Let's move on. And like I said, I think Miller, from what I read afterwards, took the heart, the loss really hard. So, I, that's motivating. I, that's, mo- that's great. Mo- that's, motivation. You know, that's motivational. I think that shows that he cares. And he does. And you can tell, like, look, any any professional player, especially someone who's got the accolades as Ryan Miller, um, he knows when he doesn't have his best game. And especially, I think, in a goalie in more positions than anything else in the NHL, you have to be able to admit, I had a bad game, but then 
put that behind you and go forward. Mm-hmm. You can't think about the bad game you had or, you know, if I had just kept my glove open and a little higher or whatever, because if that gets in your head, you're going to repeat that mistake over and over and over again. And I, I like that he's got the emotion and I like that he can stand up and say, hey, man, this one's on me. Um, I, this team will be fine. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes you just don't have your best game. And it just sucks that we've now had two games in two weeks where the teams come out looking a little bad, once against Chicago and once against Dallas. Yep, in the last two weeks we're four and three. So it's been a little rough. The Philly, like I said, the Philly game we didn't look good, and then nope. Chicago game didn't look good, and then well, and we looked better in the Philly game. Yeah, Philly game I think it was one of those where you just hit a goalie that was actually doing well. That, yeah, that goalie was insane. Yes, Mason was playing well that game, so not a big deal. Like I said, like I said, it depends on it's the marathon. It's not you know you just like be nice. Let's just make sure I make sure wrap up the division. Yep, that's the key. And then if you get the West, be even better. So, and if you look at the division right now, um, over the course of the weekend. Both Colorado and Chicago locked up playoff berths. And yeah, Colorado, Colorado actually jumped over Chicago. Mm-hmm. So right now, if the playoffs started, Colorado would have home ice over Chicago. Correct. Um, we are seven points up on Colorado, and we are eight points up on Chicago. And I believe we all have 75 games played. Uh, we uh, Chicago's actually at excuse me Chicago's at seventy five, both uh, Colorado and us are at seventy four. Seventy four, okay. So so Chicago is one game more played than the other two. As of so Sunday when we're recording, you really have to look at it this way. And Chicago, I believe, plays Sunday evening at Pittsburgh. Right. So really, Chicago is becoming less of a threat for the division. If, if I think Chicago loses it, loses this game like flat out in regulation. I think that pretty much eliminates Chicago from clinching. The, I mean, not pretty, not 100%, I, but I read they, a stat, they'd, they'd have to run the table after that to pretty much. I read a stat on Friday, I believe, that said that if the Blues, and this is as of Friday, so counting yesterday's loss, went their final nine games 4-4-1, four, four, and one, mm-hmm. Chicago would have to go like nine and one, one or something like that, yeah. To tie for the division. Yeah. So the division, while mathematically not wrapped up, is all but wrapped up. I, I think it's safe to say that the Blues will win the Central Division. If the Blues win that next weekend, which we'll get into right now, the uh, critical next weekend where they play Colorado and Chicago. Chicago, right. I think uh, – Everything looks good after that. I think if you win one of those games or at least get points in those yep. games, you're in good shape. I, I think that the, the the Central Division is pretty much wrapped up. The Western Conference even is – Well, the Western Conference, it's not as easy of a road as the Central, but the Blues are still sitting pretty pretty all right. We're up five on Anaheim, and we had the same amount of games played. Yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me. San Jose actually has seventy six games played, so we're actually, correct. So, and they have, and they're four points behind us, right? So, uh, in all purposes, like as long as the Blues don't uh, crap the bed, pretty much, right? We should be number one in the West. Yeah, as long as they just at least finish five hundred, pretty much we'll be yeah. there. Yeah, and we got a couple. Like you win the important games, you maybe win or get points in like the Chicago, Colorado games. Yep, you got Buffalo well, Thursday, which we'll talk about. Let's go through the games real quick for this week. 
since I think this is probably the most critical week that the Blues have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even though the following week they can kind of take the gas off the pedal, depending on how they do this week. I agree. Um, they play the Flyers at home on Tuesday, which will be a national televised game. So you know how those go for the Blues. Yep. So we'll see. So hopefully uh, they do well. And then Thursday, a game that you will be attending. I will be there. I will not be there. And they'll be playing the Buffalo Sabres. So Ryan Miller will be playing his former team, going for victory. So he defeats all 30 teams. Now, here's my thoughts on this game. On paper, the Blues should win this game 102 to nothing. Correct. There's obviously going to be a lot of emotion in this game for Ryan Miller. You have to play him. Like if you if you're Ken Hitchcock, you have to play Ryan. Miller. I think you will. You you know even if he's due for a day off, you got to let the guy go against his team. I would think. I would think you maybe even consider Elliot going against the Flyers. That would probably put Blues Nation into panic. But right. just give him a breather and just yeah. be like, okay, you got a big game Thursday. Let's just go. There's the chance if if any team is going to know Ryan Miller's faults tendencies and tendencies, mm-hmm. it's the Buffalo Sabers. And the Blues don't have the biggest scouting report on the Sabres. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call this a trap game because, God, I have yet to see this team win a game. Mm-hmm. I've gone to four Blues games this year, and I'm 0-1-2. If, if the Blues don't win against Buffalo, I will not go to a playoff game because I'm the bad luck guy. Yeah. But I look at this game against Buffalo, and it scares me. Because there's so many weird non-hockey tangibles in this game. Like uh, last night, for I don't know if you saw what happened. That uh, did you see the uh, Buffalo won against Tampa? Did you see how Buffalo won though? I did not. Uh, delayed penalty. Stamkos throws it a point. Banks off the boards. Own goal. Game no. Oh. Wow. And Buffalo wins three to two. See, and that's it's it's just one of those things where. You know, again, you're looking at statistically the second best, but one of the best teams in the league playing the, the last place team in the league. And then they hung two up. weeks left in the season. Buffalo has nothing to play for. The Blues should walk all over them, but there's so many weird non tangibles in this game that I, I really worry about uh, this Buffalo game, especially because it is sandwiched between. Um, the Philadelphia rematch and a very important weekend mm-hmm. with both Colorado and Chicago being on the schedule immediately after this Buffalo game. Yep. We have uh, Colorado will be in town on Saturday for a 1 o'clock start. And then on Sunday, the Blues travel up to Chicago for a 1130 uh, national game on NBC. So, NBC proper, the Mother's Channel. Yeah. Which so- means that the Blues will lose 7-1. to one. Mm. Let's hope not. But I hope not, but you know, like we mentioned, it, well, eventually it seems... if we get into deep into the playoffs, you're always gonna be national TV. So. Right. So no, I, I, I joke. I but, yeah, but it just seems that way though. I, I expect this game against Chicago to be um much rougher. I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game. Yep. I, I could see a two to one game. Um I think there's going to be a lot of of hitting and a lot of penalties. I think that the Hawks are going to come out looking for blood uh, because the last time we played, and even though it wasn't a dirty hit, he just kind of fell. Mm-hmm. Um, we took out Patrick Kane. Yep. Um, you know, they will likely be trying to reclaim home ice over Colorado. Yep. And likely trying to be stopping us from clinching the Central Division. More than likely. I mean, so, see if we. 
we win, uh, let's say we win all three games going up to that, it could be a definite chance of that. Yeah, depending on how Colorado and Chicago go this week as well. Um, I think that game is going to be playoff hockey at its finest. It's going to be a return to what this fan base has loved. And if you've watched the NHL Rivals uh, show about the Chicago St. Louis rivalry. Fantastic. This is the game this is this game is going to be that type of hockey. Yep. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be hard hitting and there might just be a couple of goals as well. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, a couple of news and notes for the week. Uh, a couple of little things you might not have known. Alexander's team played in his six hundredth NHL game last, last night. night. Yep. I saw so, that. Congratulations sport. to him. Two goals in the effort. Yep. And then also a little bit of a blues history this week. Uh, this first time in Blues history that they've had three different players have hat tricks in a year. Uh, oh wow! Stewart, Backus, and uh, Oshi. Wow! And then on top of that, um, this is the second, I guess, the last time that we've had players get back to back hat tricks in games was for the late great uh, Pavel Dimitri and yep. Michael Hanzus. And we were one goal away from doing back to back to back last night. Yep. So almost happened. So a uh, couple little, you know, nifty things that happened this week. So uh, let's go. Any rants this week? You good? I'm good. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm good. I, you know. Uh, I think I'm good this week. If I had to rant, it would just be more of a cautionary tale. Yeah. And that would be, you know, please, Blues, do not fall into this complacency again where you score a goal and you take a breath and celebrate. And while you're celebrating, the other team comes down and scores. You know, that was something that was almost alarmingly regular in the last few years, and we haven't seen it in a while, but when it happened last night, it was like a nom flashback. Um, so not necessarily a rant, but just a please, please keep your head on a swivel. So from a rant last week, we had a, actually a comment posted on our uh, webpage at blueshockeypodcast.com. Yeah. So I'll read that real quick uh, sure. from Chris Ainer, A-H-N-E-R. Yep. Sorry if I messed your name up. Uh, hey guys, love the, love the podcast. I just wanted to say that as a St. Louis native that has lived in Chicago for the last four years, I truly appreciate that rant. I have to deal with Chicago sports fans every day of my life, and yes, ninety percent of the current Hawks fans, I say I say current because they weren't around before two thousand ten. It's true. Are completely unaware of the rest of the league. These are the same sports fans that when I go to a Cards Cubs games at Wrigley. They have to ask me who their own center fielder is because they stopped watching the Cubs five years ago when they started being dreadful. Anyway, it was pretty therapeutic listening to the rant, so thank you. Keep up the good work and go note. Thanks. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I lived in Chicago for two years uh, from 2001 to 2003. Uh, and actually in that span, the Hawks and the Blues played each other in the playoffs. Uh, and the Blues won, I think, like four games to one. But again, like even that year, Dude, I, I bought tickets like four rows behind the goal for for nothing. Um, and, you know, Chicago sports fans, they love their Cubs. They love the Bears. Um, they remember loving the Bulls, and they're coming back to loving the Bulls. But the Sox and the Blackhawks, have always kind of been footnotes. And, you know, the Hawks are hot now because they're winning, and that's great. And, look, I don't want to be that St. Louis guy who hates on the Hawks just because they're the Hawks and they're division rivals. I think that 
hockey is better served. I think that the St. Louis Blues are better served when the Chicago Blackhawks are good. Just as I think if you could get a logical Hawks fan, he would tell you the Chicago Blackhawks are better when the St. Louis Blues are good. We both need that rivalry. Um, It just amazes me how the national media wants to default everything to Chicago when, dude, 10 years ago, and I'm not lying, Jason, you couldn't give Blackhawk tickets away. Didn't they get off of a... Like, we have a Fox Sports Midwest, I guess. Didn't they, like, not have, like, local... No, I mean, are they limited the amount of games? It wasn't very like, limited. Like they said, because like keep in mind, there's like there's a lot of stuff going on. Kind of like when we when we talked about the Kings earlier on. There's a lot of options for your sports dollar in Chicago. You've got two baseball teams. You've got a football team, a basketball team, and a hockey team. Um, it doesn't count like a yeah surrounding like minor there's teams. yeah there's the wolves there's arena football like there's Rock, soccer rockford is the yep. is the chicago blackhawks uh, minor league affiliate correct so, i mean so you know you've got a lot of different things going on um the bulls were on tv uh a lot more than the blackhawks just because you know in 2001 you're only five years removed at that point from the jordan era yeah so you're still so yeah. you know they weren't good but I think they still had that contract. So the 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 Bulls were on much more than the Blackhawks. And then obviously uh, during the spring and summer, it was nonstop uh, Cubs and Sox. Okay. So um, let's go on our Jersey Watch segment before we get into our brand new segment. We were almost twins today. Literally oh. like I was. I had my hand on that jersey and then moved. Yeah, because we don't like to tell you. I like to, I like to surprise at least. I am unfortunately getting low on jerseys of what to wear, so but I'll I'll find something though. If not, I'll just have to dip into some budgetary stuff. And yeah, whatever, man. Buy, buy a new one, but it'll be all good. Um, I went with the I believe it's eighty seven. Yep, eighty seven. Uh, Campbell Conference All Star Gretzky jersey. That's Orange. one of my favorite jerseys I own. By the way, that is mine too. Actually, I think it is outside of uh, any kind of blues jersey I have. I think it's like. Yeah. yeah, very very stylish. I like it. Yeah, it's I I miss the old Campbell Conference, and it's like that blood orange and black. Yeah, it's a good jersey. Stars across the uh, waist with a black uh, band around it. Yep, stars down very the nice. sleeves. So, and he was uh, I believe he was he wasn't captain, or was he? I don't know if they had captain. Yeah, I don't think they did during the All Star games. Okay. I could be wrong, could be, but I can't I can't imagine Gretzky being on a team where he wasn't the captain. Yeah, so. If not, I just got the jersey cheap and didn't have the C on it. Not a big deal. I did not get mine cheap. I bought mine in a store, and I think I saw mine like a total hockey for like 180 I think I need to go out there. Maybe we'll do that after this. Thing. Going on. Dude, we can go. We'll go total hockey. We'll see what um, I am wearing a jersey that was given to me during my time in L.A., and it breaks one of my classic rules for jerseys. Uh, I've never been a fan of getting a jersey and putting your own name on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was actually given to me from the L.A. Kings. So. Uh, when I lived in L.A., one of my bosses was a season ticket holder and knew how much I loved hockey and would always give me tickets to the Blues games and then occasionally, if he couldn't go, would flip me tickets to another couple of games. And I used to wear hockey jerseys every day at work. And I didn't have a Kings jersey at that time. So he had a buddy who worked in the Kings for an office, and they gave me, this is the, I want to say the 04 era just before the strike era back when the kings wore purple 
Yep. Uh, it's purple and black with lots of shiny silver on it. Very shiny. And the big uh, king's crest that had the lion and the crown and the sun and the crossed hockey sticks. Looks like a like what you would see like an old English family crest. Yeah, like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and it's got the Los Angeles written in old English script on the bottom. And it's uh, number 51, which was my uh, basketball number, and then my name across the back. So, very nice. Nice little change of pace. So, um, let's go into our last segment. Okay, and now the debut of our new segment. Ah, much anticipated. So, after a little back and forth uh, this weekend and part of last week, pretty much decided on, are we doing every week? I think we have enough to do every week. I absolutely think we have enough to do every week. Because we can go, we actually decided this is going to include players, coaches. Front office. Yeah, anything. anything. If you were involved in the Blues in any way, shape, or form in a public capacity, you are eligible for the Blues Hall of Shame. Yeah, so you might be in the you know different wings of the Hall of Fame. Broadcasting. Yeah, so we're uh, we're gonna start off first. Where you, you know, have to start with the player. We start a player that we we really thought that somebody like who is the epitome of just like so much hype that you think you're gonna. This is the game. This is the guy. And it, what's crazy it. is as we researched this, we discovered so many goalies that I forgot played for the Blues. I forgot that Freddie Brathwaite was a Blues player. Chris Beckford, so. Chris Osgood? Osgood was in there. Like, so many goalies have walked through the doors from the time of Curtis Joseph to now yeah. Ryan Miller. Yeah, you can put Grant, Grant Fewer in the middle where it kind of bridged the gap. Right. And then after that, it kind of... But if there was one goalie amongst all of them that was hyped to be the Blues' savior... The guy that we got as a free agent in the offseason. Trade. No, did we trade for him? We did a trade. Okay, so we did. Who did we trade for him? A fourth fourth round conditional draft pick. Okay. In 19, or I'm sorry, in 2004. And then the strike. Then the strike happens. So we have to wait a whole year. Which builds that anticipation for this fan base, especially. Yeah. So now we get. To two, we remember we you lose the 2004 season, so now we get to 2005, and it's the start. And he starts off well. You want to hear his first win against? Yes, his first win, October 11th against the Chicago Blackhawks, 32 saves and a four to one victory. So we're off to a good start, and then to say the bottom drops out is an understatement the the bottom dropping out on this guy is equivalent to saying fire burns and water is wet if you want to you may give you his record for the year please so he had that one win we just talked about the first game of the year okay four 18 and eight four 18 and eight to the point that he doesn't even finish the season on the team a 3.64 goals against and a point eight eight one save percentage. Oh, just abysmally bad. And then he finished the. Actually, take it back. He went down to the AHL with Peoria and went six six and one to two point eight six and point nine zero three save percentage. Called back up at the end of the year, 
First game, blows his ACL out. Done. <laughs> we are talking about... Your inaugural member of the St. Louis Blues Hall of Shame, Patrick Laleem. There he is. Yeah, Patrick Laleem. There you go. Oh, what a big sweaty turd you were for the St. Louis Blues. Your uh, certificate's in the mail. I think you get a $5 coupon to Shuckies and uh, a free Big Gulp, and that's about it. Man, dude, I remember that season. That was my first year back in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. and I remember going to games. And do you remember the movie Major League? Oh, of course. Where... All the, there's the one group of guys like everyone's like, oh, this team sucks. This team's going to be awful. awful. I don't know any of these guys. Yep. But there's that one group who's like, oh, these guys are all right. These guys are going to be good. That was me and my buddy Jack. Mm-hmm. We were like, dude, we got Evan Patrick Laleem. We're set. Okay. We finally got a goalie. Everything's going to be great, man. I know we don't got progress anymore, but it's okay. It's okay. Eric we're going to be good. Eric Brew was a seventh defenseman. Oh my the, god. On the Salt Lake City team, we're going to be okay. Jeez, like. And then you would watch him play, and it was it, it wasn't like he was just a bad goalie. It was like he had never played sports, not just hockey. Like never had played sports at all. It was so bad. Yeah. So um, we'll go with the time after the Blues, which I think is more interesting. Uh, actually, looking back, he was very average. Like, up until he went to Ottawa and had a couple, had two years of being really good. And that's what it was. And that's what happened. And then after that, he was really average. Uh, Basically came in on fire. Yep. If you remember to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, set the goalie streak for 14-0-2 to start his career. Yep. Um, Basically taking over for, uh, I believe it is, I want to say, here's the name. It wasn't Moog, was it? It was. uh, No, here's the name from the past. which Barrasso? No. Ken Reggett. Oh, Ken Reggett. Ken Reggett. And then uh, after that, he did not agree to a contract, basically, because he thought he was the S. Yep. And well, and tra- so did everyone else in the hockey world. And so tra- uh, Penguins traded him in 98 to uh, for Sean Prager to the Anaheim Ducks, and he did not want to play for them. So <laughs> then he was subsequently traded to the Ottawa Senators for uh, Ted Donato and Anti UC Niemi, which is not that Anti Niemi, I believe. <laughs> a different one. I believe. So I'd have to – let me click on that real quick. And that, and then he went on to uh, sprint time with who was the Senators goalie at that time? One of the best goalie names. Oh man! When you say all time best goalie names, the only name that comes to mind is Ron Tugnut. You win. Okay, you win. Ron Tugnut, and they split time, and he basically takes over for him, runs with it, starts to screw out with a shutout, and basically runs with it. Finishes uh his career up, and after I think he moved on. Oh, yeah. Basically, what happened is Laleem blew up in the playoffs in uh, 03-04. Basically, let two soft goals into Joe Neuendijk, and then he was pulled out of the game. The Senators lost 3 nothing, and they lose 4-1 to that series, and then they lost to Leafs for the fourth time in the playoffs, and they are out. So, basically, that was his end of his career, and he was out, and they moved on up there. Uh, he was sent to the Blues. Blues, obviously, after one season, had enough of him. Sent him along his way, and he was signed on the first day of free agency, which blew my mind, too. First day of free agency, he was signed by, at that time, they were horrible, too. The Chicago Blackhawks signed him to back up Nikolai Habibulin. Oh, my God. That's how bad they were. And he was injured in training camp even before he started. And didn't even get to start the season until February. Dude, <laughs> I... how bad they were hurting. I one more, one more current connection to the team, though. Oh, no. Who his uh, 
who somebody on our team considers him a mentor, he backed up Ryan Miller for two years, and Ryan Miller credits him with a lot of his success. Wow, that's unfortunate. Well, the way he prepares and stuff, he credits he credits that to uh, Patrick Aleem. So he's signed for two years, and actually, he was so bad after this is just from stuff I've just read after researching. Basically, uh, he was so bad after the one year, like one year he was okay, and then going to next year, start out he was just like he was here, just couldn't stop a puck. Basically, Miller went to management and said, I'll play. Just keep him here, and we'll be fine. And Miller wound up playing almost 70-plus games that year. Wow. Just so he – that's just a rumor, obviously. Sure. Um, not 100% sure. But if you look it up, he played like 70 games that year. So, I mean, he didn't play that much. So, that could be some truth to that. Who knows? I don't think I And he retired been. in 2011. God, I don't think I – 2011? That's what it says. Where was he playing? Nowhere. He basically signed two years when Buffalo on 2008. Um, yeah. So he didn't wow. do that. Wow. So basically, uh, yeah, July 20, 2011, he retired. He currently works for the Ottawa Senators, uh, one of their telecasts for RDS, which is one of the yeah. st- stations up there. He does uh, a handful of games in the actually French. So okay. he's the color commentator for the uh, French side. Man, I don't think I have been more excited to start the season with a new goalie than I was with Patrick Laleem. Just because, you know, I bought in. I watched how good he was those two years in Ottawa. And, you know, I I, I drank the Kool-Aid and I, I was like, this is it. This is the guy. This is the guy. And it's funny because you tell the story about how he, uh, you know, got his reputation before the Blues came and got him. And sounds awfully familiar to another uh, former Blues goalie, yep. recently former Blues goalie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the story of Yaroslav Halak. Yep. Blow up in the playoffs yep. and get a big deal. That'd now, I think Halak is obviously better. night and day better than Correct. Patrick Laleem. I don't think we'll ever put Halak in the Hall of, sh- in the hall of Shame. But Patrick Laleem, God bless you. And welcome. You are the well, charter member. We'll currently work on carving your bust out of some cheese. Yes. To put it downstairs. We're, we're going to go get uh, some old moldy cheese and uh, carve your bust and, and carve your bust and just let it sit in the corner <laughs> and probably throw it away. Correct. So I just, I, well, researching goalies for this, which I don't think we'll, we might induct him down the line, but I wanted to tell the story because the name came up. Okay. So Jason Bacashua. Remember that yes, name? Yes, I remember the name. Started out uh, basically average his whole time yeah. here. So he was a starter for a little bit. We got him from the Colorado uh, team. I believe uh-huh. it was a minor deal. So uh, the Blues have the uh, dream night with the Blues where you go get autographs, right. play games with the Blues, whatever. Fantastic event. I love going to every year just to get it like for $5. You get up close, you get to like shake your hand with the Blues player, get autograph, picture, whatever. And it all goes to an awesome charity. So even better. The year they were really bad. And the year after, they're really bad. Um, not many people there. <laughs> so it was like very easy. You would walk around every station, got everybody's autograph, and it was very, very cash. It was awesome. So I go up to Jamal Mayers, and they're, and you get to play some PlayStation games. So I think it was NHL 2007, 2006 sure. at the time. So we're playing that. And, uh, and we're playing. And obviously we play Blues against the Blues. That's how they set up. So I take a shot and... Uh, yeah, I take it back. It was later. It was 2007, whatever it was. And Bacaccio was in net and makes like a crazy save. And he's like, oh, Cash, that's an awesome save. He would make that in real life, but man, that was an awesome save. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, that's awesome. So that was my little Jamal Mayer story. So it was, uh, I believe it was Mayer's, but yeah, it was pretty so, pretty awesome. So that was my little. I figured I throw it out there just to wrap things up for our first ever inaugural Blues Hall of Shame member. So if you have any, I had a couple people hit me up, and believe it or not, one person hit me up probably about Grant Sales hit me up about twenty minutes before we started, and I his number was. Patrick Lane. Dude, well, I'm telling you, we're not alone. So, yeah, if you guys have nominees, please send them in. Like, we have we have names that are on the list. Like, I will go ahead and give you the short list of the 10 guys, kind of like, you know, Major League Baseball has the list of people they vote on. I would say with Lane being in now. Officially in. The next. Charter member. Let's say the next six that are in serious contention mm-hmm. in no particular order. Mike Keenan. Yep. Eric Brewer. Yep. John Casey. Mm-hmm. Glenn Featherstone. Yep. Um, we had four. We didn't have that many. Those are the four we discussed in length. We had five we discussed in length last night. I mean, those were all finalists for this week, but Jason and I had pretty much decided that it had to be Patrick Laleem. Out of all the goalies in history, I think he's the He came in with so worst. much hype and just crapped the bed. Yeah, so... But, so basically, have those four. So those might be the guys coming up. We might just go another. We might just be talking things out. Yeah. So if you guys want to add to the list, please send in send in your nominations, email comments, Twitter comments, whatever whatever you guys want to do. We're we're open to any and all nominations. Yep. And so that wraps this episode up. So I think it was good. Uh, got the uh, inaugural Blues Hall of Shame. Member yep. in there now. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Duff's Famous Wings in Buffalo, New York. Ah, so in case you didn't see it, I believe it is on, my, on the Twitter page and the Facebook page. Yep, that they decided to make St. Louis the Buffalo West, which is awesome. So basically, the, everybody's realized how many former Buffalo Sabers are on the team is just crazy. right now it's four, four, which is a seen amount. Like Derek Roy, uh, Ryan Miller, yep, uh, Steve Ott, and Jordan Leopold, and Jordan Leopold. So the Blues, I mean, so they have a little so. Uh, I saw the uh, special with Miller Beer, 5 for 12. Every time. That they're go- what they're going to do is broadcast all of the Blues playoff games in this bar in Buffalo. And all of the Buffalo fans are going in and cheering for the Blues. Yeah. Because there's so many former Buffalo players yeah. on the Blues. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I have to say, uh, I'm a huge Buffalo Bills football fan. So I've been to Buffalo. Um, Duff's is the wing spot. Right. Everyone talks about the anchor bar because that's where the wings were invented. <laughs> Correct. Those are crap. We've had that story, yeah. Duff's awesome. is the spot. So to have Duff's on board and supporting the Blues is so awesome. Yeah, I really want that poster, though. I'm working on it. I know. I'm working so on we'll it. get that poster, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it's looking good. So Blues have a very big week this week. Hopefully you can break your streak this week. Hopefully. Bring home a winner. Uh, we got a busy weekend next weekend. Yep. So it's going to be... Are you gonna be able to be here all, like all day Sunday? Yeah, I'll be here Sunday. I got nothing going on. Like all day, you realize like what is going on Sunday? That's fine. I'll just, you know what? I I'll sleep on the floor next to Macy. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Be right. <laughs> good. You have, you have Lando bugging you nonstop. <laughs> but no, so when we got next Sunday. The Blues will be in the morning. Yeah, uh, the Blues will be Chicago, and then uh, we got break in the afternoon. Yep. And then what's Sunday night? WrestleMania, WrestleMania. Son. So I'm I'm a big huge fan. I know Chris just it's fun. No, humors, dude, I dig it. He humors me, so I'm excited. I signed up today. Got so I got, network, got the network. Network's working. Uh oh. So we're good. You might have to watch something when we go upstairs just because 
That's my child yelling for me. So we'll wrap this episode <laughs> up. Thanks for listening, guys. See you Catch guys next week.